Welcome to Come, Let Us Worship. This is our March 6th, 2022 service for the first Sunday in Lent. Our theme is turning toward God's love. Great joy. 
together number 73 in your hymnal. There's a wideness in God's mercy. Friends, come. Let us worship. Let's join our hearts together in a spirit of prayer. Good God, in this season of Lent, we understand that we are following Jesus to a cross. We can understand how the original disciples responded to the indications that Jesus was journeying toward death. Their desperate wishes that it not be so. Their confusion, anger, and despair. Their deep sense of loss and of being at a loss for what to do. We understand these because they mirror our own responses when we witness the senseless suffering of our world. Gracious God, in a world that seems to have gone crazy and lost its way, we come seeking strength and courage to be the people you have called us to be. Reconcilers who seek justice and peace through the sharing of your infinite love. We struggle with the deep divisions evident in our world, and we recognize how readily we get drawn into us versus them thinking. How much we must try your patience, O oh God. But we know that your love is all-encompassing, unconditional, ever-forgiving. Help us to grasp more fully the radical implications of this love that you have poured out, that you continue to pour out upon our world. In praying for the peace of the world, we cannot help but think of Ukraine and the horrors that we have seen there. Bring peace to all who are suffering so much 
to satisfy the ambitions of seemingly untouchable others. But help us to think also of the myriad wars and atrocities occurring in other parts of the world where for reasons both obvious and complicated, our attention is not so easily focused. We pray for peace in Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Sudan, in Yemen, Syria, and Afghanistan, in Nigeria and the Eastern Congo, in Myanmar and Pakistan, in Colombia and Venezuela, and so many other places, good God. We pray as well that we might somehow create a world that recognizes the fundamental value of every life lost or upended in every war and commits to making these stories, their stories, known. This morning, we also lift up those much closer to us, those in our congregation and broader community of concern who are sick or troubled or hurting in any way. We have given voice to some of these prayers in sharing our concerns and celebrations, but there are many others that we have kept hidden in our hearts. Give all those who are dealing with illness and pain the strength to face their situations and the assurance of your loving care. Give those who struggle with addictions of various kinds the resolve to ease their restless hearts through other means. Give those who hunger for food, give them enough food for today and all their tomorrows. Give strength and security to those who are victims of violence, especially where it occurs in what should be the safety of their homes. We pray, too, for those who perpetrate harm, for they, too, need your love, O oh God. Bring people into their lives who can help them restrain their hurtful impulses and show them a different way of being. In lifting all these prayers for the needs of our immediate community, we pray as well that you would alert us to those ways in which you call us, whether individually or collectively, to be your agents responding to the needs of a broken world. However you may call us, may we be your hands providing that comfort, strength, sustenance, security, and love that is so desperately needed in our world. We pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me
wanted to share with you from First uh, John chapter 1. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have looked at, what we have touched concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen to it, testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with God and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may be in partnership with us, and truly our partnership is with God and with God's Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy is complete. This is the message that we have heard from Jesus Christ and proclaim to you. God is light. In God, there is no shadow at all. If we say that we, God, if we say that we are partners with God when we are walking in shadows, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have partnership with one another and the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and God's word is not in us. Here ends the telling of God's blessed word. Thanks be to God. Please join me in a spirit of prayer. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And so we engage in spiritual practices for Lent, a season in which we prepare ourselves to hear again the story of our Lord's crucifixion and resurrection. It is the holiest of seasons, a time when we draw near to God, a time when we walk in the footsteps of Christ, a time when we may try something new, like maybe pray while walking a labyrinth, or maybe going on a mission trip in our own living room, finding ways to work for justice, finding ways to reflect in silent prayer, finding ways to confess to God our sin. Can I unpack that just a little? We had some conversation in Spiritual Life Committee about, about this confession piece, and I just want to liberate the, op, the, the practice for you. Because the kind of confession that is spoken of in 1 John 1 is wrapped in love, 
in the in the letters from John, it's all about God's love and the people's love and the sense of partnership or fellowship or community. It's not one of these. That is not Reverend Cindy, Reverend Jamie, or Daniel. That is not what we are lifting. We have this way of worrying about what is right and what is wrong. And we want to do it right. We want to do it all right. We want to be as good as we possibly can. We are going to be really good confessors. It, it, I, I like to tell folks who are working, working, who are practicing spiritual disciplines, it's not a competitive sport. Am I better at prayer today than I was last month? It doesn't work like that. There's this whole other realm in our spiritual relationship with God. And I find in this day and age, we have to work even more hard to hold on to the truth and reality and love of confessing our sin to God. Because there are voices in our culture that use that language for discriminatory purposes. When I say I'm a sinner, I am not condemning myself. We've got enough of that. Let's stop condemning ourselves. I'm truth-telling. Because something that I may say or do to hurt another is not because I intend to hurt them. It's because I'm human and I'm frail. And here's the piece we need to hold in our heart as a church. Not only are all of these individual places of brokenness happening, but the big picture brokenness of violence against the Ukrainian people is the same stuff. As humanity, we are broken and frail. We cannot figure out how to live in peace, how to be sure that all the world has food and clean water, how to care for the poor as Jesus asked us to. I know we have moments where we shine, but then we fall again. And so if we're caught up in worrying about, well, my sins aren't that bad, we're losing that broad picture that somehow, in a spiritual way, we too are connected to violence that happens all over the world. And rather than becoming undone by that horror of violence or terrorism or war or pandemic or tsunami or volcano, take your pick of disaster. There is a way that we can take a breath in our own church, in our own individual prayer corner, in our own spiritual connection to God, and the kind of love and prayers and confessions and longing to reach out to those who are harmed in some way that is redemptive, that energy changes the world. And you don't need to see it. We are taught to believe in those things unseen. And on days that you don't believe it, take heart. Because I believe it. 
And on a day that you don't believe it, there are others in this sanctuary and on that YouTube space that believe it. And that is enough for us to continue striving and working for justice and reaching out in love and making a difference wherever we can. And I find that a deeper way I can walk with Christ is to take this regular everyday time of considering who I've seen, who I've talked to throughout the day, and where I was indeed speaking the love of Christ, and where I missed the mark. Another definition of sin. Missed the mark. Here's another definition of sin. Turned away from God. And so with forgiveness, we turn back to God. Our spiritual life is like um, like a pilot flying a plane. You know, you, when you're sitting in the plane, you hope that it's just going straight, but it doesn't. There's this constant up and down and back and forth and a constant making sure that the plane is actually going the right direction. And that's what our spiritual life is, up and down and back and forth and realigning. We cannot do this alone, my friends. We are in need of a loving God and the loving church to continue to put us in the face of the light, drawing closer and closer to the God who loves us, the Christ who redeems us, the Holy Spirit who sustains us moment by moment. The thing about confession is it's not about who has done wrong and who has done right. It's not about learning to be more righteous. It's not learning about being more raging against sin. It's none of that. Confession or unburdening oneself is clearing out the heart for there to be more room for love. Fred was a baker. And he and his wife, Hilda, ran the bakery in the town. Fred was a tall man. He had a, a narrow nose and a sharp chin and very thin lips through which he liked to spew his righteousness, which is why other people tended to back away from him. His wife, Hilda, was completely the opposite. She was round and warm and uh, loving and always had friendship to offer anyone and people drew near to her. Well, one day, Fred found Hilda in the arms of another man. And this became the talk of the whole town because everybody knew how righteous Fred was and they figured Hilda would be out of there in, in, in a second. But they were surprised because Fred said that he forgave Hilda. But he only pretended to forgive her because he really liked his righteousness and the way that a righteous person could hold that over someone who has done wrong. This did not go well over well in heaven. Not at all. 
And so every time Fred looked askance at Hilda, a small pebble dropped into his heart. Every single time. Pebble after pebble after pebble. Until Fred was so crouched over, he could barely lift his head because his chest was so heavy. And finally, he asked for help. And an angel came down and said, Fred, it's very easy. All you need to do is ask for magic eyes. And as soon as you do, then those pebbles will be removed from your heart. All you have to do is ask for magic eyes. And you, when you gaze upon Hilda, instead of seeing a... a, betraying woman who did you wrong, you will see a lonely woman who needs you. Fred could not do this at first because he loved his righteous hate. But the chest got so heavy that finally he asked for magic eyes. And the next time he looked at Hilda, he saw her beauty. And a pebble came out, and the next time he looked at her, he, he remembered her humor, and a pebble came out, and, and it was as though she changed before his eyes, and he began to see the woman he had first loved, and he began to see the goodness in her, and one at a time, these pebbles came out, and his heart began to open, It began to have space in it until it was so wide open. He was able to invite Hilda to come into his heart. And the two of them, side by side, began their second journey of love together. Amen.
the good news of Jesus Christ is that God's love always finds us. No matter where we are, God's love is always present. All we must do is open ourselves up and turn toward God's love. All we must do is open ourselves up to receive God's love. All we must do is understand that God has loved us just as we are. When we come before God, we are forgiven. When we come before God, we have perfect freedom. When we come before God, we can fully be ourselves. Friends, let us go forth with courage, knowing that we are loved fully by God. Amen.